there was a time not too relatively long ago in which the only language that you could read the Bible in was Latin. The only language that you could hear the Word of God preached in was Latin. And at one point, Latin was the language of the time and was the language of the greater Christian community. So for a while, that was okay and normal. But the problem was that even as language began to change, and as Latin began to give way to newer languages such as Italian, Spanish, French, and English, and as the gospel spread to other regions that spoke different languages, the Roman Catholic Church continued to read and teach from only the Latin Vulgate. That is, the Latin translation of the Bible that the Catholic Church had specifically authorized to be used in the church. So then what followed was a church service in which the congregation couldn't even understand the words that were being spoken. And because it was illegal to translate the Bible into any other language, people were even unable to read the Word of God on their own. This began the change in the late 1300s when a man by the name of John Wycliffe began translating the Bible into English. Now fast forward around 600 years, and I can open my computer or my phone, and I can read the Bible in my own native language and nearly any other major language that I would like to. All that from the comfort of my home, or I can listen to it in the car, or I can open one of the five or six different translations that I have in English. And if I were to jog, I could open an app on my phone and, and listen while I ran. I don't run, but if I did, I would have that capability. However, I say all that to say that we as modern-day believers have more access to God's Word than any other generation in the history of Christianity. It is literally always at your fingertips. With that being said, how often do we read it? How often do we take up and read God's Word? As a spiritual discipline, Bible intake is the most important thing that we can do to pursue godliness and become more like Christ. Think about why that has to be true. Apart from general truths about God that we can perceive from creation and from nature, God's Word is our only source for knowledge of Him. In Scripture and in Scripture alone has God sufficiently revealed Himself to us and revealed to us the gospel of Jesus. So we can only be saved through Jesus. And we can only know this Jesus through God's Word. And in addition to salvation, God's Word teaches us how to live godly lives, how to live lives that are pleasing in His eyes, how to interact with one another, and how to interact with the world. I said last week that the goal of the spiritual disciplines is ultimately Christ-likeness. And the only way that we can know how to be like Christ is through the intake of His Word. The goal that I want to encourage you to set today and to practice this week and to apply to your daily walk with God is to read God's Word more. Because of its importance and depth of what we're going to be talking about, we're going to break this discipline into two parts. This week, we'll discuss the need for Bible intake. In other words, we will ask, why should we read God's Word? And next week, we will think more about methods and strategies to reading God's Word. And we'll ask, how do we read God's Word? But regardless of how much you do currently read, the goal that I want to exhort you to take on is to read more, to make it a spiritual discipline, to make it a grace-motivated habit that becomes a part of your nature. 
So let's dig into this first question. Why should we read God's Word? First, and I think foremost, Jesus read Scripture. As we go through each spiritual discipline, when it's applicable, I want us to first examine the life of Jesus and see how He practiced each discipline. Now, as God Himself, you may be wondering, did Jesus really have to study and read the Scriptures in order to know them, or did He just innately know the Scriptures because He is God? Now, this can be a particularly tricky question, but I would argue that Jesus, having a fully human brain, studied and learned the Scriptures as He grew up, and, and He learned like anyone else. Luke chapter 2, verse 40, just a quick snippet, says, And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. So this seems to teach that Jesus, as he grew up, learned like anyone else and was filled with the wisdom as he grew. He grew in strength, he became strong, and he was filled with wisdom. Now, of course, there are instances in the life of Jesus where he shows supernatural knowledge given to him by the Spirit. Just one example, he knew that the Samaritan woman at the well had five husbands, something that he could not have known otherwise. But aside from these moments, Jesus grew and learned as any other human being does. And that's what it means to be human. And that was necessary for Jesus to experience a fully human life so that he could die on the cross in the place of our sins. So, Jesus learned things. Now, knowing that, let's think about how often Jesus quoted and, and taught Scripture. Without going through each one, I can tell you it's very often. Think about in the desert when Jesus was tempted by Satan. For each temptation that Satan threw at him, he quoted back to him Scripture. So, Jesus, as the very Son of God, as God himself, took time to learn and memorize the Old Testament Scriptures. He would use those to teach in the temple, showing to the Jews that he was the fulfillment of what was being taught in the scrolls. So by the very fact that Jesus did learn things as man, he didn't innately know all scripture. And then by the fact that he taught and quote and referenced scripture, we can see just how important Bible intake was to Jesus. Jesus read and memorized the word. And so in doing so, Jesus sets the example for Bible intake. For the next two reasons, I want us to look to what Jesus says about Scripture in Matthew chapter 22, verses 29 through 33. So after being quizzed about marriage in heaven, Jesus responds, You are wrong because you know neither the Scriptures nor the power of God. For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. And as for the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was said to you by God? I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. And when the crowd heard it, they were astonished at his teaching. Notice what Jesus just said about the scriptures. When speaking to them, he said, Have you not read what was said to you by God? So the second reason that we read God's word is that in the scriptures, God speaks to us. Even to these Jews, who Jesus is speaking to, who lived many generations after God spoke these things to the Israelites of the Exodus, Jesus says to them, God has said these things to you. One of the biggest criticisms that I consistently hear or read from unbelievers is that Christians follow some book written some 2,000 years ago. 
They don't see how there is any way that the Bible could be relevant in today's culture. But this could not be farther from the truth. God's word is not irrelevant to us. Rather, it was spoken to us and for us, just as it was the original hearers. Jesus makes that clear in this example. Now, this does not mean that it applies to us in the exact same way that it did the original hearers or readers. But it is certainly said to us and spoken to us that we may learn from God's word. So even as geographically and linguistically and historically different we are from the original hearers or readers of God's word, it still speaks to us through his spirit. It is a living word. Hebrews chapter 4 verses or verse 12 reminds us of this. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So firstly, Jesus sets the example. Secondly, because God's word is alive and it speaks to us. And the third reason that we read God's word is because God's word has the power of salvation. Romans chapter 1 verses 16 through 17 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, The righteous shall live by faith. So in God's word is everything that we need to know to have a relationship with God. In it is the power to save. In it contains what we need to believe in order to have salvation through Jesus. And it is what we share with others so that they may too hear the gospel and believe. It has the power to completely change lives. It has the power to melt a wicked heart of stone into a heart full of grace and compassion. And if you are a believer, that is your story. One way or another, you read or heard the gospel of Jesus, and through reading or hearing it, the Spirit opened your eyes to your sin, and through grace you turned from that sin, believed in Jesus, and was saved and washed white as snow. The gospel of Jesus is the only way that someone can be saved from their sin. So finally, God's Word sanctifies us. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 says, All Scripture is breathed out by God, and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So God's Word teaches, reproves, corrects, and trains us in righteousness. And the goal is that we would be complete and equipped for every good work. So complete doesn't mean that we are perfect or we're done with our sanctification but rather it means that we have the tools that we need to do what God has called us to do. The very disciplines that we're studying come from God's Word. And it is through those disciplines that God is training us in righteousness and equipping us for every good work. To wrap up, let me just recap the reasons for reading and studying God's Word. First, Jesus sets the example of reading, memorizing, and teaching from Scripture. Second, God's Word speaks to us. It is alive and it is an active Word. Three, God's Word has the power of salvation. So it is what we need to be saved and it is what we need to share with others that they may be saved. And lastly, God's Word sanctifies us. So I hope that this time has shown you 
the importance of God's Word and why we ought to read it and study it. And next week, we'll think practically and strategically and we'll ask the question, how do we read God's Word? Thank you for listening to this podcast from Henderson Baptist Church. If you'd like more information about our church, you can visit us on Facebook or check out our website, hendersonbaptist.org.